Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So today I'm going to be speaking on a sermon that I'm very passionate about that the Lord gave me. And it's, the title is simply The Unmistakable Signs of the New Birth. The Unmistakable Signs of the New Birth. Glory to God. Now, how many of you desire a revival in your life? How many of you desire a revival in your life? Amen. Now, revival, the word revival literally means a renewal. A renewal. It also means to make alive. It also means an awakening. It means what? A renewal. It also means an awakening. An awakening. So what it means to me is that it is impossible to restore something that was never there. It's an awakening. So revival is like a renewal. So it means you were once new. You were once revived. But something along the way happened. And God, as we enter 2024, wants to bring you back to that place where you can move in the fire of God. Is somebody hearing what God is saying this morning? So this revival is available for those that are not believers yet. Maybe you haven't given your life to Christ. You are in the right place. Because by the time this service ends, you will have the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ and also be able to enjoy a revived life. So each and every one of us have experienced revival at one stage or another. But when we begin to reflect and look back and see, uh, you know, uh, how many of you set up New Year's resolutions? Amen. You know, we, we set up New Year's resolutions. How many of you ever find yourself back at the same place the following year? the following year you know let's go man i had 10 resolutions i'm gonna lose 10 kilos you know i'm gonna go on keto diet you know and i'm gonna you know i'm just gonna exercise and you pay a whole year gyms membership and you don't show up guilty is charged amen and we all get to that place and and, and it gets uncomfortable because the next year comes and the list is still the same. But I want to tell you that t- tonight we're going to be talking about something this morning. That it's, it's possible to practically or physically be in a new year but still be held back by the chains of the yesteryear. I say, child of God, it's possible for you to be in 2024 but you are still locked into 2016. And God wants you set free. God wants you delivered. God wants you restored so that you can enjoy the liberty that comes through Christ Jesus. And today we're going to believe God for deliverance in here tonight. As the word comes that God will speak to you and will shake off and break every chain, every addiction, every bondage. So you will walk the liberty life. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, Jesus did not die on the cross in vain. Why live in bondage when Christ became bound that you might be free? Why live in sickness when Jesus was beaten down for your healing? By his stripes, you were made whole. You just got to rise up and be the spiritual giant that you need to be so you can declare the word of God over your life and say, I am healed, I am restored, I bind sickness in my home, I bind bondage in my home, I am free in Jesus' name. So we're going to get in and really just understand the word of God and see what is it that is hindering us from walking this free life. This life full of freedom. Let's go to John chapter 3 verse 1 to 15. I'm going to breeze that real quick because I want to be able to 
finish on time because they say when you go overtime, they'll never have you back. All right. So um, if we can have the scripture, John chapter 3, verse 1 to 15. I want us to read it together. Amen. The Bible says faith comes by and hearing by. Sometimes you've got to read the word of God aloud to you so your ears can hear. Is that all right? Transform. All right, let's do that. Nine, two, three, go. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Keep going. Until 15. Okay. He came to Jesus at night together. One, two, three, go. He came to Jesus at night. One, two, three, go. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who comes from God, for no one can perform the signs and wonders that you are doing unless God were with him. Powerful scripture. What the Bible is telling us, that it doesn't matter that you perform miracles. It doesn't matter that you can prophesy people's phone numbers and do all sorts of manner of miracles. It doesn't matter. What matters is who is with you as you perform the miracles. We know that you're a teacher from God. For no one can perform the signs unless God were with him. So God is the ingredient that performs all miracles, speaks all prophecies. We need more of Jesus in our lives and in our ministries. Amen. Verse 3. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Verse 4. Come on, let's keep going. Glory to God. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Let's keep going. Jesus answered, eh, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Now water and spirit are keys to the new birth. Amen. Verse 7, you should not be surprised at my saying you must, somebody say you must, be born again says the wind blows wherever it pleases that's my verse right there the wind blows somebody say the wind blows the wind blows wherever it pleases you hear its sound but you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it is going so it is with everyone that is born of the spirit i'm going to leave it there for time amen the wind blows somebody say the wind blows uh somebody somebody say the wind blows the wind blows wherever it pleases. You cannot see where it's coming from or where it's going, but you can feel the effect of the wind. If we open the roof to this uh, apartment building, to this church building, you would feel the wind coming on each and every one of us. You cannot put the wind in your pocket and bring the, the wind to me and say, Hey, Pastor Harold, here. Take care of my wind and I'll come and pick it next Sunday. It's not possible, but you can feel the effects of the wind. One of my favorite places to travel, uh, every year I travel there to preach in, conference, in a conference there. It is in Scandinavia. I love Denmark. The country of Denmark is wonderful. When you get to, first time I got there, I flew into Kastrup uh, Airport you know, in Copenhagen, and then they took me now on a drive, and I was going to a town called Oborg. One of the things that stood out to me, Pastor, was the windmills. They've got these fancy, beautiful windmills. Looks like you're watching a Star Wars movie, you know. I know for the real deep born again, they don't watch Star Wars. I watch Star Wars. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not there here. Yeah, I watch Star Wars. I love Luke Skywalker and them, they're my guys, amen. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> you know, so, um, so I'm seeing these things, they look like monuments. It looks like you're watching a sci-fi movie. And they're beautiful. You go there, take selfies. They made them so beautiful. They look like robots, you know. You know and, and, and I'm looking at this and I'm fascinated. And the Holy Spirit begins speaking to me while we're driving, going to Oboke. And I see these beautiful structures. Have you noticed something, friends, that 
What makes the windmill important is not that it looks beautiful and majestic. What makes the windmill important is when you get home, you can turn on the light and enjoy the power of the wind that the windmill is producing. You see the windmill. The windmill is worthless unless it's producing power. And God began speaking to me. And I want to share the same word God began speaking to me. What we need in the body of Christ today, what we desperately need in the church today, is not the manifestation of the Spirit. We need the effects of the Spirit. We don't need the manifestation of the Spirit. I don't want you to shake with your hand only. Child of God, I want the effects of the wind. I want believers that are changed from the inside out. Don't tell me you're born again. Show me with your lifestyle that you're born again. Is somebody hearing what God is saying? We need the effects of the wind. Everybody can, you know, Pastor, why we need the effects of wind is I've traveled around, I've pastored long enough to realize that you can have people in the choir who are still caught up with the spirit of lying. I've seen people who heal the sick, but they have caught up with the spirit of pride. And I've seen our people addicted to pornography and immorality and all of these things. And on Sunday they are raising hands. It shouldn't be so. Where the wind of God is working, the effects are sin. Christ came to change you from the inside out. Where you say, the things I used to do, I do no more. I was a drunkard, now I drink no more. I was a liar, now I walk in the truth. Because the wind of God has come on the inside of me. There's nothing impressive about somebody telling you your phone number. And I've seen people sometimes addicted, oh, there's this prophet. He's telling me my phone number. He told me the name of my children. He told me the city that I was born in. And I say, you must be the dumbest believer. Don't you know your phone number? Don't you know the town that you came from? Don't you know the names of your kids? I don't want you to prophesy that. Give me the word of God because the word of God will transform me. The Bible says the entrance of the word bringeth light and understanding to the simple. I need the word of God. We've seen believers. Somebody once said to me, I would rather do business with a Muslim than a Christian. And it broke my heart. And I said, why is that? Because it says for many Muslims, every time they tell me come tomorrow and pick up your money at 10 o'clock, by 9 o'clock they're there waiting to give me money. But man, believers, he says, Christians are the only ones whom you loan money to and they make you feel guilty for coming to take it. We must be changed from the inside out. We must be changed from the inside out. We must be changed from the inside out, friends. You see, I've seen people who speak in tongues bound with the spirit of lying. I've seen people who can pray for 48 hours, 48 days, still struggling with addictions and the bondages. The Bible says, for this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. You can be free in Jesus. You just got to let the wind of God come on the inside of you. You see, the number one sign, what is the evidence? The sermon is the unmistakable signs of the new birth. So what is the evidence? What's the number one evidence that the wind of God is blowing in you. Number one. Somebody say number one. The evidence that the wind of God is blowing in you is number one. You become uncomfortable with sin. Are you hearing me? I'm going to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. Amen. Your sin, my sin are what drove the master to the cross. So we ought to honor him by talking about it. 
you become uncomfortable with sin. You become uncomfortable with sin. When somebody's full of the Spirit of God, they become uncomfortable with sin. They cannot be partying it out and doing drugs on a Saturday and raising hands on Sunday. The devil is a liar. Christ came to set us free. You cannot be doing private things. How many of you know that God is not interested in this you? God is interested in the real you. And the real you manifests when nobody is looking. When you're alone in your room and there's nobody looking at you, that is the man, that is the woman that God wants to transform. Don't tell me you love the Lord. Show me with your walk that you love the Lord. Because by their fruit we shall know them. Everybody is powerful until they're in their own private room. Everybody's a man of God until they're all by themselves. And God is saying to you, I don't want to change the man at the pulpit. I want to change the man in the bedroom. I want to change the man in the car. I want to change that woman in the car. May the Lord change us from the inside out. That when people look at us, they will say, man, I want what you've got. There's something about you. I've looked at your life from the days you started. Look at where you are now. You was a liar, now you lie no more. You was a fornicator, now you fornicate no more. Something has happened on the inside of you. Give me a little bit of that. And you can say, tell them boldly, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. And let me introduce you to Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, that you also might live a revived life. The Bible says you are the light of the world. You are not the light of the church, friends. You are the light of the world. Everybody thinks serving God is standing on the pulpit. There can only be one mic at a time. Come on. If we all took turns to come and use this microphone, we would be here until next year. You're not the light of the church. You are the light of the world. So wherever God has planted you, in your job, on the train, in your car, you are the light. And when people look at you, do they see Jesus or do they see your attitude and your flesh and your ego? May the Holy Ghost change us from the inside out. That the effects of the wind might be seen. That our Father in heaven might be glorified through our transformed lifestyle. So you become uncomfortable with sin. You cannot be in sin. When Jesus met Zacchaeus, he didn't even preach a single word to him. Zacchaeus just got convicted of sin. He says, oh, you know, Lord, you know, uh, you know, I will repay all of those that I've stolen from. Because that's the first thing that happens when you encounter the master. You change your heart. That we might live lives that are revived. Let me tell you something, church. When we begin walking in holiness as a body, as a church, there will be no room left here for people to come in. The Bible says without holiness, you cannot see God. Without holiness, you cannot see God. And when people ask me, Pastor, why can't I see God in my marriage? Why am I not seeing God in my business? Why am I not seeing God in my walk? Without holiness, you cannot see God. He says, be holy, for I, the Lord your God, is holy. When the presence of God is not evident in your life, it is because you have neglected that close relationship and that intimate, transparent relationship with God. You see, friends, somebody says, oh, but pastor, we live in the dispensation of grace. Somebody said to me, 
We live in the dispensation of grace. Why are you so bogged up on talking about sin? Uh, you know, why is it so important? Don't you understand that we have grace? Y'all heard some people say that? But I said, well, that's wonderful. I believe in grace. I believe in grace. But I believe that the grace is the power of God that empowers you. And the Bible says, and now unto him who is able to keep you from the grace of God can save, the grace of God can preserve you and keep you from falling. The grace of God comes to change our lives. And somebody said to me, but why are you so bogged up on this? Don't you understand that we're living in the dispensation of grace? And I said, my brother, let me share something to you. And God really revealed this to me in my walk with him, especially strongly in 2023. You see, friends, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. The love of God is the love of God. While you were still a sinner, Jesus loved you and came and died for you. So nothing can separate you from the love of God. No height, no death. And let me even go further and say even your sin cannot separate you from the love of God. Because while you were still sinners, Christ loved you and died for you. But whilst, listen to this, and very important for you and I. It will liberate us. Whilst love is unquestionable. You see, sin might not have the power to separate you from the love of God, but sin has the power to affect your fellowship with God. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it was the love of God that clothed them. But because of sin, they were banished from the garden. Fellowship. 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 Fellowship is the key. Every blessing. And why does the enemy want to mess up with your fellowship with God? Because every blessing that the Heavenly Father gives his children, he gives at the table of fellowship. The prodigal son was still a son, but he was eating with pigs. I'm going to say that again because I want it to sink in your spirit. The prodigal son was still a son, but he was eating with pigs. Just because you're born again doesn't mean you're living a revived lifestyle. It is not until he said, I will go back in fellowship with my father. That everything that he has lost was given back to him. Because fellowship is the key. The love of God is unquestionable. Even the sinner right now with a needle in his hand, God loves them. And he loves them the same way he loves you. But fellowship is for sons and daughters. Let's validate that in the word of God. John chapter 15 verse 4. Praise God. Let's read it together. I really want us to read this one together. Amen. One, two, three, go. Remain in me. And I also remain in you. The word remain is the same as abide. Some versions will say abide. Americans, if you're preaching to them, they will say what? Hang out with me. Roll with me. Chill with me. Amen. All right. They will say chill with me and I will chill with you. Amen. So remain in me and I also will remain in you. It's talking about proximity. It's talking about fellowship. What does it say? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. God is giving you the key to your blessing. He's saying abide in me. 
Hang out with me. Chill with me. Roll with me. Remain in me and I also in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear any fruit unless you remain in the vine. How many of you want to be fruitful? How many of you want to walk in the power? The key is your fellowship with God. And everything that you and I face today is fighting your time of fellowship. The TV, the books, the magazines, the movies, all these appointments, the job. It wants to take you from fellowship. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will do what? Bear much fruit. He's saying fellowship is the key. You're not fruitful because you ain't walking in fellowship with God. And sin comes to mess up with that. Many of us feel guilty. Any of you ever been to a place where you're praying and you feel like your prayers just hit the roof and nothing seems to happen? Fellowship. Something somewhere is lost. And the key is your closeness to God. He says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. Come with him. Come. Say, Lord, I am sick of it. I am tired of living the ordinary. I want more of Jesus. I want to walk in your glory. I want to walk in your power. God hears you that for every one step you make, he makes a hundred steps towards you. Draw close and I will draw closer to you. Let's keep going. He says, if you abide, you will bear much fruit. But if you do not remain in me, you are like a tree that is thrown away and it withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Keep going. Oh, verse 7, my favorite. If you remain in me. Together. One, two, three, go. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask. What did he say? Ask what? Anybody need cars in the house? It means whatever. Anybody need a house in the house? It means whatever. Anybody need to walk with God? It means whatever. Anybody want to walk in the power of God? It means whatever. He says, ask whatever because the key is fellowship. If I'm close to God, I can ask whatever. Lord, I need to mend my marriage. Lord, I need you to heal my kids. Lord, I want to walk in power. Lord, I need my car. Lord, I need my house. Lord, I need my job. Because you are in fellowship, ask whatever. The key is fellowship. It has always been fellowship. The enemy comes to mess with your fellowship. He comes to remove you from that place where you can seek God and be excited and come boldly into the presence of God. And sin comes to mess with the fellowship. And the fellowship is the key to whatever you desire. He says, ask whatever. You wish, glory to God. Any of you wish for something? He says, ask Whatever you wish. And the final line together. One, two, three, go. And it. Did God say, and I'll think about it? Did he say, well, if I feel right about it? Did he say, oh, if I wake up on the right side of the bed? No. And it will be done. Because the fellowship has always been the key. The problem is we don't have believers that desire to walk in fellowship with God. Many of us don't want to die to our flesh. We want the flesh and we want God at the same time. It doesn't work. You got to pick. Christ came. That he, listen to me. Somebody say something to me. He, and he says, he, I, I told him, I said, don't ever trivialize the power of sin. Sin is a cancer. Sin does not separate you from the love of God, but it knows that you can only enjoy the revived life through a close walk with God. 
So whenever you accommodate and live a lifestyle of sin, you realize that you are going around in circles. Every year, nothing ever changes. The only thing that changes is you dieted for two months and it ended. You know, you read the Bible, you know, for three minutes and it ended. Any of you ever get into places where anytime you open the Bible to read it, you're yawning by the third page, but you can finish a whole novel? Don't you know the devil is at work because he knows the entrance of the word brings deliverance to God's people? You got to fight the good fight of faith. And I say, I will read this whether my eyes like it or not. Oh, no, man. I've seen people watch, uh, if they're watching Game of Thrones or, you know, or, or, you know I, I saw Pastor Tom loving that. I know he's a Game of Thrones fan, I think. You know, and others are watching The Sopranos and, and all of that and, and, and uh, The Blacklist and all of that. And people watch, finish six seasons in a day. You won't read five pages of the Bible. May God deliver us. May the wind of God come and change us that we might be close to him and get to know him more. Scripture in Isaiah 59, verse 1 to 2, and I'll be winding up pretty soon. Isaiah 59, verse 1 to 2 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but what? But your iniquities, other versions say your sin, has separated you from God, and your sins have hidden you, his face, from you, so he will not hear. Child of God, sin is a cancer. It shuts opportunity for you. It closes things for you because without holiness, you cannot see God in your job, in your finance, in your dreams, in your aspiration. Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, is holy. Without holiness, we cannot see God. Walk in the light of God and let the devil suffer in his darkness. You cannot do this. You should say to yourself, I have decided to follow Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. I'm not clubbing on Saturday and in church on Sunday. I'm not lying and cursing and talking negative about people. God doesn't want that. And I'm closing with this. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. And I wind up. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. What is the evidence that the Spirit of God is in us? What is the evidence that the wind of God is working in us? Let's read it together. One, two, three. But the fruit. Somebody say fruit. When you go to Coles and you want to buy a banana and an orange, they are fruits. You can tell the difference. And God is saying we can tell that the Spirit of God is working in you. Nobody's blind. They can tell. People could tell these were Christians because they had been with Jesus. They were performing miracles like Jesus, talking like Jesus, because they had been with Jesus. Who have you been with? Because people can tell. Nobody preached to these people. They looked at them. They say, we will call them Christians because they talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus, do things like Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Together. One, two, three, go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It means that the evidence that the Holy Spirit in me is love. I cannot help it but love people. Pastor, what it means is that I cannot be talking ill about you and still claim that I love God. Because my Bible tells me that how do I claim to love the God that I do not see and hate the brother that I see? It means the Spirit of God is not in me and I am a liar. That's what the Word says. 
So I cannot say I love Jesus. Oh God, you're amazing. Oh God, you're wonderful. Oh, I just can't stand her. I don't want to talk to her. I just can't talk to him. The Bible says you are a liar and the Spirit of God is not on the inside of you. Because listen to me, friends. Broken relationships with people are an indicator of a broken relationship with God. How you treat people shows how your walk with God is. When people treat you bad, do people see your ego, your attitude? How do you treat people? Some of you are in here, haven't even talked to your cousins, your sisters, your aunties. Some of you, as you walk out of here, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. Pick up the phone and call somebody and say, I forgive you. I release you for what you said. I'm sorry for what I said. That is the evidence that the Spirit of God is working in you, child of God. You cannot live a sanctified life and keep grudges. The Bible says, forgive others as God forgives you. We need to walk in love. We need to walk in forgiveness. The other fruit it says there is what? Peace. Joy. You can't be helping but joyful. I've seen people who are so joyful when they walk into a room. Everybody is like in a laughing competition by the time they leave. Because joy is an anointing. Peace. Can't help it but be at peace with people. Forbearance, which is patience. That's the one. I'll close with that one. Patience. Patience is powerful. How many of you know you can't pray for patience? Because that name has been taken by all the women in the world. There's a patience on every part of the continent. And I was struggling with this one, patience. What is patience? Lord, teach me how to be patient. And God says, you can't learn how to be patient. We serve an amazing God. How many of you know that we serve a beautiful God that anytime you pray for him to make you patient, he leaves you in the middle of a traffic jam at 40 degrees temperature. And he says, come on now, it's time to be patient. It's time to grow up. You know, and then you have all these guys, road rage, driving in and cussing you and doing. And I used to struggle with this. And one time I went to God. I said, God, I am so struggling in pastoring a church. My goodness me. You need like, you know, patience on steroids. I've been pastoring for 20 years. And my God, some of you guys can drive pastors crazy. I mean, literally, the reason why most preachers quit is because of your people. You drive everybody crazy. They try to understand you. They try to accommodate you. They love on you, love on you. I remember we were pastoring a church once. We loved on a woman, bought her car, bought her things. And then two months later, she has a cute idea. God spoke and her to move to another church. I'm like, Lord, patience, 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 patience. I'm about to punch somebody. I'm about to kill somebody here. Patience. And I ask God, Lord, help me. I need to deal with patience. What is patience? Lord, please define it for me. What is patience? And God told me, say, son, patience in a final statement is this. Learning to put up with others the same way God puts up with you and I. We've got to learn to put up with others. How many times do you mess things up and you still keep going, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. Those sorries, God, if God was man, he will be slapping you out of every sorry that you bring. But yet he still forgives you, he loves you, and God still is patient with you. And God is saying, extend the same grace to your brothers, your sisters. Learn to be patient with others the same way God is patient with you. Transform. It's been great being here this morning. God bless you. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message.
I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.